Too many cooks spoil the broth. English proverb. Hello, and welcome to the Dominate Test Prep podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, founder of Dominate Test Prep and host of the podcast. I am thrilled that you are here, especially if this is your very first episode. Welcome. And in this episode, we are going to answer the question, how many resources are too many resources when it comes to preparing for your standardized test? This is a mailbag episode, which simply means that this is a direct response to a question or questions that I have been receiving from you guys, the listeners, by phone or email or social media. So very much appreciate you guys reaching out corresponding and interacting with me because I want to make sure that the content we're delivering here on the podcast directly addresses things that you guys are interested in hearing about and learning about. So don't hesitate to reach out uh, with any questions you may have. Before I get to the question and my response and some thoughts about that question, I do just want to say that I hope you guys are having a good application season. You know, it is late September and I know some of you are madly trying to wrap up your applications to hit round one deadlines. Others of you are just really sort of starting to study for your standardized test, knowing you need to get that score later this fall so that you can apply round two. Other you, others of you may have a little bit more time and flexibility, which is great, and you're just trying to brush up on things that you should be doing and thinking you know, as you're preparing for your standardized, standardized test, and that's what we are here for specifically today to answer this question. So it's a mailbag question that came from Venkat, and he said, quote, I just signed up for your course, and I'm excited to get started. So Venkat, welcome, and thanks for choosing Dominate Test Prep. But he went on, and he said, quote, I have all of the Manhattan GMAT books, and I still have access to the videos from, and then he lists the name of a competitor course, so he had taken a course prior to signing up for my course, and then he says, I also have the Princeton Review book. My goal is to score 700 plus. So for those of you not taking the GMAT, that's a really good score. It's a high score. You can just sort of filter it through your own test. Anyway, uh, he said, is all of that enough to get the score I need, or do you recommend something else? End quote. Uh, my, <laughs> my initial response is, it's way more than you need, and that's going to be my answer to Venkat's question. But I would just add that I get questions like this all the time. I had another student, literally just today, this morning, I had an email from somebody saying he was struggling with a few grammar concepts, and he was asking what, quote, other books he should study, end quote. And I think the tendency is to want more to feel like more is better. What else can I be doing? What other videos can I watch? What other books should I buy? More, more, more. And my answer to you, Venkat, and my answer for all of you listening is that more isn't always better when it comes to preparing for your standardized test. In fact, more could be detrimental. It is important that you have what I call one voice when it comes to what you're learning when you're preparing for your standardized test. It is not helpful, and as I suggested, can often be harmful if you're mixing and matching a bunch of books and instructors and videos that you're finding on YouTube. And, and what that does is it can create confusion in your mind, conflicting approaches to different question types, for example. And confusion leads to uncertainty. Uncertainty leads to certainly at the very least wasting time 
and often getting wrong answers then on test day when the time is ticking away, you're under the time crunch of answering these questions and you're trying to filter lots of competing voices to try to figure out how to solve the question. One voice is what you are striving for. My pastor actually said uh, a few weeks ago, he said, the surest way to not succeed at anything is to try a little bit of everything. And certainly the context was for something different, but I think that concept or that mindset applies here that if you're trying to mix and match a little bit of everything, this book and that video, sometimes it leads to a lack of success across the board. I have two analogies for you that I think will be helpful, and then I'm going to tell you what you do need. I'm going to point you exactly to the resources that you do need so that you don't have too many, but you get exactly what you need to to do well on your standardized test. Uh, The analogies are twofold. The first one, I was thinking about food. (laughs) I often think about food. This analogy may make more sense for those of you in the United States who are familiar with these restaurants. Uh, But there's a restaurant here in the United States, maybe overseas as well, called the Cheesecake Factory. And it has an enormous menu. And I'm thinking about it because I I recently visited my parents and we went out to eat at this restaurant and I had my young boys with me and it took us forever to figure out what to order because my boys were completely overwhelmed by the menu. Frankly, I was overwhelmed by the menu. I mean, it's like 20 pages long. There's a million different sandwiches and entrees and burgers and appetizers. And it's like, oh my gosh, what in the world do I choose? Contrast that with In-N-Out Burger. Any In-N-Out Burger fans out there listening to this, right? It's like almost has a cult following. Fortunately for my waistline, I've never lived somewhere with an In-N-Out Burger. I tend not to do fast food in general, but I understand that it's delicious. I think I ate there once when I was visiting my wife or we were traveling in San Diego or something. Anyway, I know it's sort of a California chain, but it has the simplest menu in the history of fast food restaurants. It's like, okay, what do you want? Uh, I guess I'll have the burger and fries. Because that's all they have. I guess you can choose two patties or one patty, cheese or no cheese, but that's it. Like you're getting the burger and you're getting fries. They don't have any other sides. Uh, Maybe you have two different flavors of milkshakes, but like that's it, right? And think about the simplicity of that. There's no confusion. You know exactly what your decision points are. You know exactly what you're doing, right? In contrast to this huge menu. And and I say all that because so many of you guys are taking the Cheesecake Factory approach to your standardized test prep when you need to be taking the In-N-Out Burger approach. So I hope that makes sense. More to the point, and I think more specific to really what's going on in our minds when we have too much going on. I was also just listening to an interview with an NFL, a former NFL football coach, so NFL, the American Football League, um, and he's a former coach, and he was talking about how challenging it could be when a quarterback changes teams. And they were talking about why certain quarterbacks were struggling with their new team this year. And he was saying, look, it is hard to go to a new system with new languaging, new verbiage, new words to describe the different plays. Some of the concepts might be the same, but you're hearing it from a new voice. You've got a new coach and a new offensive coordinator and new terms for the different plays. And and he said it can take two or three years, like three seasons, for a quarterback to totally get up to speed in a new system because it is not easy when you have competing concepts and words 
going on in your mind. My old coach said it this way and my new coach wants me to do it this way and my high school coach did it that way. And it's like, what do I do? You want to simplify your mind if you're going to make quick decisions as a quarterback. Same thing on your standardized test. So so I hope that analogy makes sense because that's what's going on for a lot of you, including you, Venkat. If you're listening to the Princeton Review and then Manhattan GMAT books and then you have this other course that you signed up for and now you're going to be hearing my voice. Like I might think mine is the best voice. You need to definitely be listening to only my voice. But but the truth is you need to sort of pick a voice and stick with it, provided the voice is a good voice and actually is teaching you what you need to know. So I'll talk about that here in a moment as well. But I hope this concept makes sense. More is not always better. So the question becomes, what do you need then? What should that voice be? If you don't need a ton of resources, what resources do you need? And I would just point you back to the success triad. I've talked about the success triad a ton here on the podcast. If you haven't heard that, you know, seek out another episode. I'll post it in the show notes. I've got some free YouTube videos that talk about the success triad. But it's basically the idea that there are three major components of doing well on your standardized test. You need to learn content. So the what like the underlying formulas and grammar rules on the GMAT and and the different components, elements of the stuff tested on your exam. You need to learn some strategy. This is ways of getting right answers more effectively and efficiently, coming at questions from non-standard approaches, time management, right? You need to learn strategy. And then you need to practice. Practice, practice, practice. Practice makes perfect. And so, so you need a resource that's going to teach you content, teach you strategy, and give you a source of practice problems. That's it. And in theory, that can all be the same thing, the same voice, if you get a good course. So Venkat, you signed up for my course, just use my course. It's all there. I teach all of the content. I teach all of the strategy. I provide worksheets and quizzes and practice problems for you to apply what you are learning. Like, it's all there. That's it. You get the whole triad in one place. If it's not my course, maybe stick with the other course that you already signed up for. If some of you guys have another course, great, as long as it's a good course. Same thing with the book. Okay, I'm not going to get a course. Okay, we'll get a tutor who can teach you all of that stuff or get a book that in theory could do all of that. Now, I will say I have yet to find a book that I think is sufficient on its own. Most books are either really kind of good at trying to explain some things, but not very good at the practice stuff. Or in the case of the official guides, which I'll talk about again here in just a moment. So like the GMAT official guide or the official guide to the GRE or the official, you know, executive assessment practice problems, et cetera. They're great sources of practice problems, but there's no instruction. And then even their answer explanations are terrible, way too traditional, way too formulaic, not at all the way that I would teach my students how to solve those questions. So it's like, okay, you have these practice questions, but you don't have good explanations. You have no feedback mechanism to teach you the concepts that you didn't know, which is why you got the question wrong, right? So that's why I obviously am highly biased towards courses because I think having somebody actually teach you the stuff and show you the ropes and walk walk you through step-by-step how to prepare, I think there's a lot of value there. But if you're going to try to figure it out on your own, that's great. Just make sure you have a reliable source of content that teaches it in a way that makes sense to you that's not just teaching you a bunch of formulas and traditional content. Make sure you also have the strategy and then some practice. So in terms of those resources, like I said, 
you know, you can try to find some YouTube videos for content and stuff. I do think from a practice standpoint, the official guides are the best. Even in my course, I highly recommend that my students, in addition to my own practice questions and worksheets, also uh, complete practice questions from the official sources, the GMAT official guide, the GRE official guide, just because those are questions straight from the test makers. So it's indispensable as a practice tool. Uh, official full-length practice tests are important as well. So official sources are absolutely an important resource for you when it comes to the practice portion. Uh, but again, I, I, I recommend also a course of some sort. And I guess as I sort of wrap up, I would say make sure to vet your course or tutor uh, or coach or book and make sure the information is, is presented in a way that you resonate with. My son Jackson is having trouble with math this year because for the first time, he's always been good at math, but his teacher isn't teaching the math in a way that makes sense to him. And so he's struggling a little bit. He doesn't resonate with this particular teacher's teaching style. Now, the good news is he has a dad who who kind of does this for a living. So I'm showing him all these cool ways of like adding and dividing fractions. He's like, how come my teacher wouldn't just teach it this way? I don't know. It's a good question, Jackson, but fortunately, I'm here to help teach teach it to you this way. Uh, but the point is, you know, I, it's like flavors of ice cream. I might be the strawberry flavor of ice cream and you just might not like strawberries. So go find somebody who teaches chocolate. You know what I'm saying? Like who teaches it in a way that you resonate with. A lot of courses will give you a free session or a free trial lesson or something like that. We certainly do that. Head over to dominatetestprep.com and get your free session and, and make sure you like my teaching style. But it's okay to vet your tutor, to, to feel it out, to make sure you're going to resonate. But then once you find something that is working for you, stick with it. More is not always better. Don't be the cheesecake factory. Don't then layer on all sorts of additional websites and videos and, and other books and things like that because it is simply going to confuse you. The best compliment I may have ever received was from one of my students. And I've gotten lots of positive testimonials, certainly about my course and so forth. But this student, I remember, uh, wrote me an email and she said, uh, she said, I could hear your voice in my head throughout the exam. She goes, not like a creepy way, but I just remember these questions would pop up on the screen. It was like I could hear your voice walking me through it. And then even words I use in my course, she's like, and then I would select the answer and check it and move on, check it and move on. And I was like, oh, I guess that's something I say in every one of my videos. <laughs> I was like, oops. Uh, but it was just that that repetition and it was like ingrained in her mind. And anyway, it was, it was kind of funny. Uh, but I loved that because it was clear that she just had one voice. She wasn't confused. There was clarity in her approach to the exam and she got a great score. And that's really what you are going for. So how many resources are too, more, uh, too many? Uh, Venkat, I'd probably say like anything more than one. <laughs> you know, if it's a good one, one instructor, one book, one source of practice problems, that really should be enough for you if they are good. All right. So I hope this has been helpful. As always, it is fun coming to you with direct responses to your questions. So keep those questions coming. I'll make sure our contact information is in the show notes below. I appreciate you guys. Again, good luck as you continue navigating this application cycle. I am here to help you however I can. Don't be shy about reaching out. And we will look forward to seeing you again soon or talking with you soon, I should say, on a future episode of the Dominate Test Prep Podcast. Take care, everyone.